Hey there, and welcome to the Agency Rockstars podcast. I'm Dana Lindahl, and I'm the founder of LegendaryLeadGen.com, where we help B2B companies become authorities in their industry, set more sales appointments, and convert those appointments into more sales. We also help other agencies sell our patent process on to their own clients. And we truly believe in the value of building and creating relationships, and in that being the main driver of new sales for agencies. So, Stick around to the end of the show. We're going to be revealing how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing agency podcasts on the planet. All right, let's get straight into it. All right, rock stars, here we go. Welcome back to the show. Welcome to the stage. If you will do so, you can help me welcome my my new friend, Alistair McDermott, who is the, the voice behind a podcast that teaches consultants how to do marketing. Also the face behind the brand marketing for consultants uh, and more that we'll get into. So Alistair, welcome to the show. Dan, thank you very much for having me. So this agency rockstar idea is that we have people who run agencies, who own agencies, and they are rock stars. Now, looking mm. over what you have, you are a rock star. But as we were talking beforehand, um, I asked if marketing for consultants is an agency, and you had this mm. interesting response to me. So let me ask the question on air now, officially. Sure. Is is marketing for consultants an agency, or are you more of a consultant for consultants? Yeah, so uh, this is something that I've been, so I've been in business 14 years. Uh, I thought 2007 was a great time to start a business, by the way. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so I, le- I left my safe safe corporate job back then. And uh, yeah, so I went out and uh, what happened was I-, I kind of started an agency, like a full services agency type thing by accident. Um, and then I realized that, uh, you know, I realized over over time, when I say over time, over 14 years, I realized that I needed to niche niche down, niche down or, or niche down, as they say, um, and specialize. And so marketing for consultants is my kind of my specialist brand. Um, and yeah, so so that's kind of how, how that developed. Gotcha. And then other, the agency, the, the full service is a website doctor. So you were trying sure. to be this website creator, designer, strategist, marketing, everything to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. As we and often and do. I found that really difficult. Um, the, the, the first sign of that being very difficult is because I love to write blog posts and I found out that I I found that I was writing like one every six months or so. I was finding it really difficult because I didn't have a target audience and I didn't have a specific topic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like I started, I started out, I started to focus in on, on WordPress and I was writing specifically about WordPress and, and techie stuff, but it was all for my peers, not for my audience. And that was, that was kind of the sign to me that I needed to specialize and start to, to, to um, niche down a bit, you know? So how did you pick the, the niche of marketing for consultants specifically? How did that look? Um, so first it, it took me a long time to realize just that I needed to specialize. And once I came to that conclusion that then I started to look for people who talked about specialization, I came across a guy called Philip Morgan and he has uh philipmorganconsulting.com. He has a book called, or had a book at the time called, um, um, Oh, he has, he has a book about specialization. Um, the specialization manual for technical firms, something like that. Okay. Uh, the positioning manual for technical firms. And so I read that book. I decided, okay, I need to get on a call with this guy. I started to talk to him and I went through a process. I, I probably stalked him across the podcasts. And uh, so what I found was um, that uh, when I started to put it down on paper, uh, the people who I liked working with most are really smart people who are experts in their field. Um, I needed a way to describe them. 
and a, a good descriptor for those is consultants. So that's who I started to work with. Gotcha. And then what is what is scaling that agency look like once you or that consultancy you look like once you find that niche that you want to really get into? How do you mm-hmm. scale that? Um, productized services and uh, group group training. That those are the the two options that that I'm I'm working on at the moment. Hmm. Um, I have a website in a day offering, and um, so uh, one thing I find is that a um, a lot of people have these projects and they're they're really dragged out, and uh, that's not good for the client and it's not good for you either <laughs> as yeah. a provider um, because the longer the project takes, uh, that's money down the drain, you know. <laughs> so so the quicker right. you can actually do the project. So. Um, because I've been building websites for for a very long time, um, I built my first website on GeoCities in 1996. Oh, so, wow. um, nice. so I, I have a lot of kind of um, uh, processes and shortcuts and things like uh, you know that I can do to to, to help speed that up. Uh, and so I have a, a good prep uh, process that that I take a client through, and, and we can actually build out a website in a day for them. And, um, and so that helps, that helps scaling in a, in a big way, because obviously you're spending a lot less time on the project. Yeah. So, so that's totally off script here, but you mentioned geo cities. And I remember those days, what is today's geo cities? Is, <laughs> is it Facebook? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't think Facebook is any, anywhere close to being as cool as geo cities was, <laughs> that's fair. but, um, that's fair. But but yeah, I mean, um, like maybe maybe the the, the new GeoCities is some of these new tools like Webflow and and um, you know Elementor and things like that. Um, yeah. Maybe it's some some of those things. But uh, yeah, GeoCities was was epic. Yeah, well, and it's interesting that how I mean we remember these these tools, these brands, these you know paths to success years later, but they're gone. They become irrelevant or whatever. Like what's what what are we looking at today? that we're not going to see 10 years from now, you know, it's such, it's a, it's an interesting thing. I mean, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, that is a good one. Um, yeah, I, I, t- I tend to really like things that are evergreen. Uh, so I'm not a big fan of focusing on platforms, uh, like specific platforms. Um, and you know, like there's, there's plenty of stuff around now that, that wasn't around when I started business. So, yeah. so, um, but the, the big stuff is still out there. Like, um, uh, I was listening to a podcast in 2003, 2004 called Boag World, which was about um, about web design uh, by some guys in the UK. And, um, you know, in podcasts back then, I was thinking, geez, I should do, do one of these podcast things. You know, six, 16, 17 years later, I'm actually getting around to that. So, um, <laughs> but, but, you know, these, these, these kind of, um, I, I like these uh, platforms that are, um, you know, um, n- not dependent on, on one company. And yeah, and you also see that a lot of people are, um, have have issues kind of ethically with with some of the big guys, particularly with Facebook right now with their privacy and their um, their other issues. Um, so you know, I, like I, I talk to a lot of people who are not techies at all who want to move away from these platforms. So uh, I, I think having your own base, your own platform, your own audience is really important. I, I yes, yes, preach that. I have been banging that drum for years. It seems like social media can be great for connection and for moving things along, but you need that's rented space. You have to mm-hmm. own your own. Um, I love I love that you, you can have a website in a day, but it takes a, a decade and a half for a podcast. So, <laughs> um, no, uh, it happens Thanks, the best, us, right? Right? It happens. I mean, I mean, it does. Like, I got great ideas, but it's going to be a while. Um, so, let's talk a little bit about the clients that you work with and these these consultants as mm-hmm. you call them, who describe a little bit who your ideal, you know, uh, uh, audience, your ideal client would look like. 
Okay, well, there's there's two types of consultant that um, that I would work with. Um, so there's the front door consultant um, who is somebody who used to work maybe for, you know, McKinsey or um, for Deloitte or somebody like that. And uh, so they're no longer working there. They, they, they've chose to leave or um, they, they've taken a package or whatever and, and they're starting. They want to put out their own, hang out their own shackle and, and do their own thing. Um, and that's a pretty typical thing. And, and so they're, they're an expert and uh, they want to uh, launch their brand and start to develop their authority away from the kind of the parent, uh, the parent brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's people who are more side door consultants, who are people um, like myself and, and Philip Morgan, who I mentioned earlier, um, people who kind of got into this kind of world of consulting and expertise and things like that. And uh, don't have the uh, the big logo behind them, um, but they are experts in something, and and they want to develop this position and become known as an expert in in some area, and they want to grow their audience, they want to grow their brand, <clears throat> maybe they want to grow it into an, more of an agency model, or maybe they want to grow it into more of a consulting type model where where it's mostly around them. Mm-hmm. Um, but in either case, I, I think those those things are actually pretty similar. Those worlds are very similar. It's a lot of crossover. Mm-hmm. And and so let's then highlight how you help them. Give me a, a favorite story about how you've served one of those clients and you've notched a win for them. Um, well, a, a very simple one was through one of those websites in a day. Um, uh, I had a friend of mine, um, Doug, who is a um, communication. Um, he's he is a. Uh, this guy, he 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 uh, he's a stockbroker, a trader, um, speaking consultant, uh, communication performance coach, and uh, he needed a website for an event very uh, coming up very quickly. So we we literally got got one of these websites in a day done, stat, and mm-hmm. uh, and 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 so this was pre-COVID times, um, we were able to get a website out and he was able to get up on stage and mm-hmm. show the, show his his brand and his website while he's he's standing up there in front of 500 people. Uh, that nice. that didn't exist the, the week before, you know? So that, yeah. that was a, that's a big win. Um, and then some of the smaller wins are just people where um, I talked to, I talked to some people uh, on a coaching call, for example, and, and just talked to them about their, um, about their, their business model and their pricing structure and their product structure. Um, I actually have a, a, a call recorded, a coaching call on YouTube uh, with a lady called Renee. And um, if you, if you look that up, that up we, we, we talked through, you know, um, how to present your, um, your product offerings as, as three different options and, and going through how, how to structure your pricing in a way to uh, hopefully maximize your income and result in the best result for the client as well. Gotcha. So, so it sounds like, um, it's, it's some coaching, it's some encouragement, it's some teaching kind of all that, huh? Yeah. So, um, what I'm doing at the moment is my, my goal ultimately, and this may be a goal for, for some of your other listeners as well Is my goal is to never have to log into a WordPress backend. That, that, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's my goal. I don't know if I'll get there in 2021, but if I get there in 2022, I'll be very happy. Nice. Um, and yeah, so what I'm finding is that I'm I'm doing a lot of of coaching type calls with the people, and and I think I think anybody who does websites finds that they end up doing these calls with clients where 
they're doing these educational training, coaching type calls with the client, um, typically at the start or maybe even sometimes at the end of the project where they need more help. They need help. And it's it's not just website related. Sometimes it's business model. Sometimes it's marketing. Sometimes it's positioning. And um, I'm tr- I, what I'm doing with this brand is I'm trying to formalize some of that uh, and make those offerings that are on the shelf so people can come along and say, oh yeah, I want help with that. And then either do a self-serve, self-serve course or do a one-to-one call or do a, a group coaching uh, type uh, training course, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So so when, when we talk about marketing for consultants, great brand name, what does, in addition to websites, what does marketing for consultants look like then in 2021 and beyond? Well, in, in 2021, uh, I'm going to be pushing hard on getting my podcast out there. And, and that, that's a big part of it for me. Um, as I've developed uh, the content for my blog, um, and I, I, I did a research project, which I can talk to you a little bit about. Um, as I developed this content, I realized that this also is, is um, this is the basis or a framework for a training course that I think would be useful for a lot of people, particularly early stages, people who want to um, learn how to grow their business in a way that doesn't feel slimy. Um, and that it doesn't seem to be based on, you know, um, some, some marketing tactics that, that are um, very short term. Uh, mm-hmm. They they want to build their, their business in an ethical way, in a way that where the marketing is actually nice and, and feels fun to do. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, so the research project, you did some, some work with LinkedIn and building your audience and getting some research done. Uh, let the listeners know a little bit about that and how that worked. Okay. So um, what I did was I used LinkedIn automation. Um, I used, um, I saw, I used a paid LinkedIn account. Um, so it was a premium account sales navigator. Um, I hooked that up with some tools. I think I used a tool called duck soup, D U X soup, uh, and which does automation. And I used that to send invites, uh, to people who met specific criteria. And I was looking for people who were consultants. Mm. And so I did a search with some various parameters, uh, I sent this out in an automated way, sent out these invites in the invite. I said, um, I said something like, um, I'm doing some research uh, in the world of consulting. I'd really love if you had 60 seconds to fill in this form, uh, to fill in the survey for me. Uh, There'll be no spammy sales message to follow. And so I sent that out. Um, I grew my my LinkedIn from about 1,000 to 4,500. So added 3,500 people in about three or four months, mm-hmm. uh, which just to note is too quick uh, because I did get a slap for it. Um, and I, I had my account restricted, which was subsequently lifted. Um, but yeah, I, I was I was doing that a little bit too quickly. Mm-hmm. But the result of it was some of the people who... Um, some of the people who saw that yeah, that that uh, connection request connected with me and did not take the survey. Some of the people took the survey but did not connect with me. Uh, some of the people connected with me and took the survey and joined my email list. So I, I had this kind of triple win sometimes. Uh, and so I grew my email list. I connected with these people on LinkedIn. And I also got over a thousand survey responses and uh, the, the way that I did that was I had a um, typically a four to five question survey uh, with two multi-choice questions at the start and then uh, two to three um, text-based questions or te- text paragraph kind of qualitative uh, questions. And so I built out this, um, built out one, I got about 100 to 120 responses. The information that I learned from that, 
I use to build a second set of questions and then, and, and so on and so on. And so ultimately I think I have about 10 or 11 different survey topics all to the same audience type. Yeah. So um, yeah, it was really interesting. I got a huge amount of valuable information about my audience. I learned the language that they use, the the problems that they're having, what podcasts they listen to, what books they read, um, what they think about websites, what they do for marketing, all, a lot of really interesting stuff. And then do you offer that back as like a special report in order to bring them value as a thank you? Yeah, that that's that was my plan for 2020. <laughs> uh, oh boy! And then um, and then then we had COVID, and and that just that just uh, upended everything. Um, but yeah, that that was my plan. My, my plan is still to self-publish that. And um, and a friend of mine, uh, Tom Miller, uh, did a very similar uh, survey to a very similar audience, but using completely different methodology. He did um, telephone interviews of about 50 consultants. Uh, mm. Maybe that's grown at this point, but I think it was around that. And um but what was interesting was we, we compared notes on a call afterwards and we had pretty much identical results uh, and findings from that. So um, it was really interesting to kind of compare the results from these different methodologies to the same yeah. audience. So uh, and Tom has actually published his uh, already. Uh, I think it's called the Consultant's Guide to Lead Generation. So um, I'll give you a link for that for the show notes. Yeah, that's good stuff. So uh, what I heard you say too, uh, Alistair, was you built your email list mm-hmm. and you connected on LinkedIn. Yeah. Is, is there a difference in the quality of leads between that LinkedIn connection and the email list? Um, yeah, I, I think it's easier to, to uh, it's an easier ask to connect on LinkedIn. Um, and I also think that a lot of people are, I think 20, 2020 kind of damaged LinkedIn a little bit just because everybody was online all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think people got a bit more spammy on there. Yeah. Um, I, I think that in, it's kind of hard to tell because it's, it's such a kind of um, it's, it's a feel thing, but I think that 2019 felt better than 2020 on LinkedIn in particular. Um, I think that if somebody opts into your email, I think that they're, they're putting their hand up in a way that is it's, it's more um, it's more of a commitment. It's more it's saying, Hey, I'm, I'm interested, you know, it feels more like a, like a deeper connection, like email is greater than social media connections. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I get that. Um, so what are the biggest pain points right now that your audience does face in the, in the world of marketing? Um, I think one of the biggest pain points is that a lot of their, so in the world of consulting in particular, um, and, and I have the stats to back this up, the, the, um, the, the data to back this up, referrals and word of mouth are, are absolutely dominant in terms of, um, of lead generation and uh, like nothing else even comes close. So, so, uh, um, when you're so dependent on, on referrals and networking and all of these, these in-person events aren't happening, that that's cutting out a big, a big source of, uh, of networking. And so I, I think that it, it, you know, with all the best will in the world, the online events that we have just don't replicate that in the same way. You know, um, it's not the same as, as having a, you know, a 20 minute conversation with somebody in the corridor at a conference um, or going for coffee or going for a beer afterwards, you know? So I think um, not having that available um, means that people have to turn to other options. Uh, And I think that people are, are looking, you know, to try and upskill themselves on marketing. Yeah. And, and can't, I mean, I, I 100% agree with you. 
the online versus the in-person just doesn't quite make it. How mm. can we at least get some of that back though, if we're going to be online still for a while and, and who knows what even post COVID looks like, you know, mm. how can we use digital in a similar way or just a slice of that in-person? Yeah. Um, I think part of it is like you and I now are on, are on a zoom call. We, we have good audio. We can see each other. We've got good cameras, good lighting. I, I think part of that is um, taking taking care to try and have that kind of setup. I think, I think it, it, it makes it easier to have a connection when, when yeah. you do that. Um, and, you know, I think it's just it, like, it, it's, it's a seemingly minor detail, but I actually think it's really important. Um, and uh, you know, th- that's one part of it is, is actually just being able to speak to somebody and not having the little technology glitches get in the way of having a conversation. Um, mm. And then the other thing is uh, you can still pick up the phone and talk to people without having that video on. That's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no, there's no rule against it. <laughs> Careful and, now. Uh, Hold on. Yeah. Zoom is everything nowadays. Come on. Yeah. That's yeah. a great point. That's a great point. Yeah. And then the other thing is I, I think that like maybe we should be getting on zoom calls with no agenda sometimes and just say, Hey, let, let's grab a coffee and just have a chat. Uh, mm-hmm. let, let's not make it all on all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. I like that one too. Um, so I've got one final question to get to Alistair in just a moment, but I want to make sure that everyone has a chance to connect with you personally, whether it's on mm-hmm. LinkedIn or whatever, or also with marketing for consultants. So, mm-hmm. uh, so where can, where can we find you? What's the best way? Cool. Okay. Well, if you go to marketingforconsultants.com, uh, you'll, you'll find me, you'll find on there. Uh, I think if you scroll to the bottom, you'll find a LinkedIn, um, LinkedIn icon. I'd love to connect with everybody on LinkedIn. Um, and I'd love to have a cup of coffee and, and just to chat with no agenda with anybody who's listening to this um, and maybe, maybe share some stories about what we've learned about marketing and running agencies or consulting uh, firms or whatever you want to call it. Um, so if you go to marketingforconsultants.com, uh, you'll, you'll find me. That's the best way to do it. Okay. So Alistair, if we think of rock stars as agency rock stars, rock stars are tend, tend to be counterculture, counterintuitive maybe at times. So this is the, the reason behind this question. Is there anything that you've learned over the years of doing what you do or any advice you heard early on that seemed counterintuitive at first, but have a, a massive impact on your journey afterwards? Yeah, well... I think, and and this this will be slightly controversial because because I, I know people talk about this. I think that vertical specialization is the silver bullet. And people say there's no silver bullet in marketing. I think that vertical specialization. So what I mean by that is picking an industry vertical and saying we do we, we work for these types of companies, um, or these types of people. I think that that makes a massive difference. Um, and, and part of the reason for that is because it helps you to target your audience. It helps you to create your content. Um, it, 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 it tells them you're for them as you reject everybody else. And mm-hmm. it is really scary to do that. But I think that that's my, um, if anybody's interested in specialization, I highly recommend having a look at vertical specialization. Gotcha. That, that comes back to that, that get your niche and really dive in, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent. Great advice. Alistair, McDermott, thank you so much for being a part of Agency Rockstars. Folks, go to go to the website and check them out and find them on LinkedIn. Alistair, it was a pleasure, man. Pleasure. Thank you, Dan. Thanks for listening to the Agency Rockstars podcast. If you're an agency owner who would like to appear in this podcast, please visit legendaryleadgen.com slash podcast slash apply. Also, if you found this episode valuable, I would really appreciate you sharing it on social media. Even just a quick screenshot of the episode showing on your phone shared to social media would be great. If you truly enjoyed the episode, we'd also really love a rating in your favorite podcast player. Please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. 
we promise to read it all and take action. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button so you won't miss any of our upcoming episodes. Thanks again for listening. I'm Dana Lindahl, and if you want to connect, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can also find more information about everything we're currently doing at legendaryleadgen.com. Thanks for listening, and hope to hear from you soon. Thank you.